This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, everybody. Carm Capriato, Aftermarket Weekly, Episode 184 with Meg Richards. Hi, Meg. Hey, Carm. Well, Meg's been on the show before under a different name. She changed her name to protect the innocent. No, I'm only kidding. (laughs) Oh, Meg. Oh, Meg. Meg got married. I did right this spring, uh, this past May. Good for you. Congratulations, Meg Richards. And she's from BJ Automotive Diagnostic Center, Belfast, Maine, NAP Auto Care Center. And the big deal is the Technician of the Year for NAPA 2022. And that's when we were in at the NAPA Expo. We interviewed you with along with Matt Fonslow. It was a really great episode. That was That's back the other person named uh, Meg Lewis. <laughs> right, right. That, that was my other personality. Yeah, you, <laughs> your other personality. Thank you so much to Dorman Training, coming to you from the Dorman Training Studios, sometimes called my Carm Cave. It's Carm Capriato. Thank you to Dorman Training. Automotive technologies of today and tomorrow demand that professional technicians continuously maintain and grow their knowledge and skill sets. If one does not update, they will evaporate. Mastering the changing technologies, adapting new and more efficient testing techniques, and exploring new tooling and equipment applications are just a few challenges. Dorman Training is dedicated to providing the latest information and proven service and repair tips brought to you by some of the nation's best instructors in the company of some of the nation's best technicians. Dorman has been a leader in driving new product solutions for the automotive aftermarket for more than a century. With DormanTrainingCenter.com, we also deliver the technical training and insight Service professionals need to further their careers and stay current. The automotive industry constantly evolves with technical advancements, making it crucial for technicians to stay updated with the latest trends and techniques. By undergoing comprehensive training, aspiring technicians will equip themselves with the necessary skills and knowledge to excel in their field. In addition to personal technical training throughout the United States, Dorman Training Center delivers online training modules covering a wide variety of topics with new resources rolling out regularly. Whatever your role or experience, you can find helpful information on DormanTrainingCenter.com. Dorman Technical Training covers many of today's advanced automotive systems, including hybrid EV, driver assistance, diagnostics, emission, and complex electronics. Created for working service professionals and taught by ASE certified instructors, classes are held as lunch and learns in the evenings and weekends at on-site locations, as well as available on demand. Bring your knowledge to the next level at DormanTrainingLive.com. We're going to talk about succession. I got a burning desire to ask you. On December 1st, you guys are moving to a four-day work week. Yes! We are so excited. And honestly, kind of unofficially, this week is the last week that we're doing a full five-day work week because next week being Thanksgiving, we're taking the Thursday, Friday off. So officially, this week is the last five-day work week that we do. Okay. So take me to the meeting that this was decided on and what was the idea? And then when you decided to tell the people's who work with you guys, what was their reaction? Well, it was an idea that kind of came up to me over the current employees. They were starting to get burned out because we were working so much, just trying to stay on top of our work schedules. And the idea came, it's like, well, 
what happens if we do a four day work week, do four 10 hour days? And what would that look like? Which day would we take off? Which days would we remain open? So I kind of spitballed a little bit with uh, a couple of our employees and we came up with an idea of doing first actually being closed on Mondays and working Tuesday through Friday. And I presented that to the owner of the shop and he kind of molded over a little bit. And then a couple months later, we're still trying to hash out details and what have you. And he actually took a medical leave for a little bit. He had knee surgery. So that kind of that conversation got tabled for a bit. But while he was out on leave, I did a survey of our customers to see whether or not if it would affect them, how it would affect them, you know, what their thoughts were. And the overwhelming support that we got from our customers as far as absolutely, we love you guys. It is so important to have a better work-life balance. They supported us 100%. So when the shop owner came back off of medical leave, we had the conversation again and ended up turning it into being closed on Fridays and open. We're going to do Monday through Thursday, 7 to 530 doing a half an hour lunch break between 12 and 1230. Yeah. Were you a Saturday shop or just a Monday through Friday? No. When the owner originally opened over 30 years ago, he did do Saturdays, but it was starting to take way too much of a toll on him personally, physically. So they went to a five-day work week long before I started working there. I've been there now for 15 years and we're going to be moving to a four-day work week. 15 years. Wow. Do you classify yourself as a diagnostician? I think I technically should. Do you do the lead diag work that comes in the shop? My boss generally is our lead technician. Right now I am doing everything else. Um, We've been short staffed for a long period of time. So I'm doing all of the bigger repair jobs. I'm helping out in the office. I'm doing the day-to-day, some of the day-to-day business work. I'm dealing with customer follow-ups, things like that. So being both general manager, lead technician, kind of second in command, if you will, as far as the shop goes and allowing the owner to still recover from his knee surgeries and do what he does best, which is diagnostics. He has a background in electronics and that's what he has taught me as his protege to become. And he loves to do it. Oh my gosh. He absolutely loves it. And he sees no, he never wants to get out of the bay. I mean, he is not going to sell you the business because what would he do after that? His game plan is to stay on as an employee of of part-time or as a consultant if I need him, because I do still lean on him. I'll have a really challenging diagnostic job. Sometimes with the CAN buses, you start getting chasing your tail around. It's like, okay, He's the one that I go to. It's like, all right, this is what I've done. This is where I believe is where we're going. Can you just make sure that I've dotted my I's and crossed my T's? Can I just throw a wild, wild idea at you? Sure. So there's been some recent discussion on Matt Fonslow's uh, podcast about roles and what we call each other. And I was really inspired by one of his episodes and I started to write I was starving to find out what do we call an A-tech today, of which we would want to classify your boss as, loves to do that stuff, and you're the apprentice or the next best person going there. Wouldn't it be neat, instead of calling, well, I got to hire an A-tech, oh my God, there are mechanical A-techs that are so good with their hands. I mean, they go in blindfolded and do a timing job, right? So 
why don't we call a diag person? I'm not even sure I love the name anymore. Diagnostician. Uh, okay. Why don't we call that person a technology specialist? Ooh, I really like that. That is a very good description for not only what we do, but what we have to deal with. I mean, today's technology on cars has gotten to the point that absolutely. 8S, keys, the future, EVs, it's all technology. A technology specialist takes their work home up here in their brain and they play around. They're on their phone because they're working their network. And they're writing case studies to remember what, what happened. They're reading service information. It is a different job and a job that you have to work, study for, and take training, a technology specialist. Yet, the mechanical specialist... It's still just as important, yeah. Yes, and think about the work that a technology specialist could find on a vehicle... For the mechanical specialist. Absolutely. They definitely go hand in hand. I like that. I like the technology specialist. I think I'm actually going to steal that. <laughs> you can have that. And maybe this is the first episode I'm doing. And I got to get Matt on to talk about it. Get his approval. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'll go for it. And try to make a change in the industry. Because it goes back to one of the episodes that we did with Matt on the bear. About in the food industry, you call each other chef. It's a respected name when you say chef. And we've been struggling. What could we call our hardest working, smartest, quote, 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 smartest technology specialist? It's not as simple as chef, but it is, I think, a different moniker and something I think we should think through. Hey, I see that you guys do car care clinics at in the shop. Yes, that was an idea that I had. It's been slow going back, getting that up and going on a regular basis. COVID kind of really shut things down for a little bit. And then we've almost been in kind of recovery mode as far as being short staffed still. What kind of short staffing happened because of COVID? When it first came up, we were down to three people. It was one office person, myself and the owner. And then we were able to bring people back once things started to get a little bit more information out there and we could figure out what we could do. And we got almost completely back fully staffed for a while. And then for the last, I'd say, year and a half, it's been a struggle to, in some ways, keep people, but for the most part, to find new people to come in, to try to get new technicians, new apprentices into the field. We had a couple techs move on to some better jobs that it made much more sense for them to go and we wish them all the best. But that left us with kind of gaping hole. So we've started using the Napa apprenticeship program. Right now I've got a, a young man who is currently going through that where he just turned 21. He's always been interested in cars, but college really isn't an option for him. So he's becoming really knowledgeable and is really catching on to things fairly quickly. And we just hired another gentleman who's been in and out of the industry over the last 20 years, who's really shaping up to be a, a good part of our team. Well, good for you. I find it fascinating to think back of how impactful COVID was. Did you have to let people go or did they just fall out? We fortunately didn't have to let anyone go long term. We did have to lay off a couple people just because 
nobody was driving their cars. Everybody wasn't sure what they're doing. A lot of people started working from home, so they didn't need their cars repaired as much. So once things started opening back up a little bit more, we were able to bring back those employees who got laid off. And then for one reason or another, one of them was family reasons. They ended up having to move on to a different career path. And then the other one got offered a higher up position that was an awesome step up in the uh, ladder that we just didn't have that opportunity available to, to offer. So it's a combination of Well, you know, we are just a small little shop. You know, we're only four bays. There's only so much we can do. And we offer people everything that we can. But at the end of the day, people have to do what makes sense for them. Four bays is not a bad shop, Meg. Not a bad shop. I see on your website, you say Tesla service. Yes, we do. We were very excited to actually host an eight-hour Tesla training class this past summer. So that was super exciting. We had um, shops from our local area, as well as one shop that came down from Canada to come and, and participate. So it was really an exciting opportunity for us to be able to host it. We actually even got one of our customers to loan us their Tesla for the day so we could have multiple Tesla models available to do hands-on training. Wait a minute, Meg, you don't own a Tesla Y? No, not not yet. Not yet. <laughs> that, that, that's getting there. Oh. Tracy and I were in one at Apex uh, on our way to a restaurant, and we had never been in a Tesla, and we were really fascinated with it. And we said to the Uber driver, does this go fast? <laughs> And he happened to put his foot down on the accelerator. It is quite the feeling to do that. It's so fun. And so it wasn't the plan, but it was a why. And it was fun. And we were fascinated with it. And that was our first ride in a Tesla. And it really got me kind of romanced to maybe my next car should be a Tesla. I got to double check with Tracy if it's okay with her, though. My, my, that, that was so, so interesting. So female technician. Any issues at all inside the industry with your peers, with your customers in the respect that you so well deserve? It's definitely lessened over the years compared to what it was when I first started getting into this industry. And it's now to the point that I have built up my own reputation. So people in our local area, they do know of me or have heard of my name through word of mouth through some of their other friends. So it's been very nice to see that recognition that way. As far as customers come in, I know most of them by name. They know my name. And it's nice just to have a conversation or somebody will come in and be like, oh, so-and-so referred me and they said that I needed to talk to you. So Especially over the last five years, the overwhelming support and welcomeness from communities and other people in the industry has definitely been a very positive step forward compared to what it was 20 some odd years ago when I first got into the industry. What do you love to do the most in the bays? Fix problems. And I know that kind of sounds like a cop out and is very generic, but I do. I love fixing problems. I love having somebody bring me their vehicle that's broken and just getting the satisfaction of knowing that I was able to take something that wasn't working, make it better and give it back to the customer, knowing that they have a safe vehicle going down the road. So where'd you learn all this from your dad, maybe? 
It's definitely what started my interest, but I mean, I did two years in high school at a vocational school. I continued on my education with college and then hands-on training here and there. I bounced around to a couple different shops before finding my forever home DJs. And then from there, it's just been an ongoing, overwhelming support of any training that I find that I want to do, whether it's online, in person, sending me out someplace. We definitely supported me through that. I mean, it's you have to keep up with training. If you do not invest in yourself, you will get left behind with the way how vehicles change just so rapidly. You had told me a while back that you did a little work in the hospitality business. Did that really help you on the counter? Yes, definitely for customer service goes. I mean, nothing's worse than somebody coming in for checking into a hotel and the reservation got messed up. And in your system, it's actually for the day after that they're showing up right in front of you and you have a completely sold out hotel. So learning how to think on your feet, become a problem solver while still maintaining a smile on your face and trying to help this person who's in distress standing immediately right in front of you. I mean, there is no oh, let me call you back. No, it's right there and you need to figure it out or it's not a very good situation to be in. I remember recently being in front of some college students and do believe there was one woman in the class, young, 17, 18, 19 years old, really doesn't have a clue, just not a clue what you know, what they want to do in their life. Were you like that back in the day? I mean, when you were going, as you said, you were going to school for this, did you have any idea that you could become not only a a full-time diagnostician, technician in the industry, but a, a shop, future shop owner? I was one of those weird kids that knew exactly what they wanted to do as early as 14. That's when I really got started getting to getting my hands dirty. One of my family friends actually gave me a truck. They sold it to me for a dollar for my very first vehicle (laughs) to tinker with. And that's when I really started to realize that I love working with my hands. I love working on automobiles. So I found out that our local vocational school offered an automotive technology program and it was a two-year program. I took it. I graduated from that high school with honors and then realized like, hey, I still want to continue this interest in there and still continue my knowledge. So hence why I continued on in college and the rest of the guests, as they say, is, is history. So we come across as an unprofessional, sometimes dirty industry And again, if we could change the name of our smartest people to technology specialists and we start wearing white lab coats while we're doing Diag, I'm leaning toward the reason is that we need more females to pay attention to this industry of ours because women have special traits that I think can lend themselves to a much better work environment. What do you think some of those great traits would be? It it really still depends on the person. But I mean, women tend to be a little bit more detail oriented. We seem to have a more effective way of keeping multiple balls up in the air. So say on the average day, I'm going to work. So I'm figuring out, okay, this is what I have on my schedule. I double as the shop foreman. So I've got to make sure that everybody else has their jobs, that parts are here. Oh, geez, well, I got to pick up my daughter at five o'clock today. And what am I going to make dinner by the time I get home? So just still constantly having all of those things. I think in some ways women are slightly better equipped to do 
rather than you just tackle, okay, I've got to do this. And then at nine o'clock, I can think about it, go on to my next job. And then five o'clock comes, it's like, oh, okay, that's right. I need to go to the baseball field and, and pick up my kids. And it's being able to constantly adapt and change throughout the day is, I think, one's definitely skilled. Meg, do you think strength is an issue? It most definitely is. But on the flip side of that, I've also had to come up with creative ways to overcome that. And that may not necessarily be asking somebody else to give me a hand because sometimes that's not an option. So in my toolbox, I have a variety of custom-made tools that are anything from a piece of bar frame that I have that I use as a ratchet extender or a three foot long bar that I use as a wrench extender, you know, just to give me that extra leverage. Leverage. Yes. Yes. Physics is your friend. <laughs> I love that. So let's talk about succession right now. I remember back two years ago, you said, hey, me and the owner are working some stuff out and you've got a succession thing going. And I know you guys continue to work on that. Are you excited about you? I just heard you say, well, I'm doing some back office stuff. I'm doing some counter work and then I help in. I mean, you seem to be a jack of all trades and you're learning probably more about the business, which lends itself to a perfect succession plan. I'm very fortunate, I think, in the sense of that I am able to wear multiple hats and I like to think I'm successful at it. There are days that it's it, not quite so much, but it's definitely nice being able to work on these back office things now while I have that mentorship and have that support to, okay, well, maybe I don't understand exactly why these numbers came out to what they did. So having those conversations of, how everything relates to one another and starting to develop that understanding for how the backside of the financials works is definitely a huge asset. And I'm glad I have it now rather than just thrown in as, okay, here you go. Now run things. <laughs> what was a great big light bulb moment for you from financials or the back office stuff? realizing just exactly how much I don't know. I mean, I, I knew things kind of related to one another in, in one form or another, but to actually sit down line by line is like, wow, okay, this is what this means. And realizing that there are so many more questions that I have now that I have this information and slight understanding, well, now that's just opened the door for more questions and, and more things that are going to be coming up. Are you writing them down? I'm trying to. I have quite a list right now. Um, I've, I've, my library has definitely increased. I've purchased a number of books helping me more financial things, management styles. One interesting thing that I've come across where as I'm a millennial dealing with in a management situation, dealing with a staff that is everything from a baby boomer to Gen Z and recognizing how everybody learns differently and how everybody absorbs things and interprets things differently has definitely been interesting. It's a brilliant answer, by the way, in total respect of the of the humankind and the kind of leadership need to have. We've done some episodes on that that whole thing. We, it was so interesting. Uh, just recently, we did an episode on a Gen Z technician and Sarah Frazier was on with me. We were asking a bunch of questions. Fascinating how the generations have a completely different take on work, on life, on relationships. It's fascinating. It, to me, if I could just study the generations, it would be exciting. I see you have a cat yes, running I'm around sorry. the background. I'm so sorry. 
No. That's okay. We're cat people. I realize that. If I didn't have a door in my studio, I think my cat would be right up here on the, in my studio with me. Some advice that, because since you're doing all world stuff, front of shop, back of shop, communication, I've been kind of trying to drive some thoughts on improved communications protocol between the front and the back shop. You got any ideas of how to improve? Well, we use a couple of different systems, setups, whatever you want to call them. We One thing that we definitely use as one of our major tools as communication between technicians and the office staff is that we use a digital vehicle inspection via tablets. So every vehicle that's coming through our doors gets an overall look over belts, hoses, fluids, everything under the hood, tires. If we're able to look at the brakes through the rims, great getting all those notes down via tablet and it's automatically sent over to the office. Everything's all online. It helps streamline things, especially vehicle comes in for an oil change. You check the filters. Oh, geez, there's a mouse nest in the cabin air filter housing. We need not only a filter, but we also need a little extra time to get rid of this whole mouse debris and everything else. Having the tools available to communicate that, but also to take pictures so the office staff can then communicate what is needed to the customer. I mean, those a picture speaks a thousand words. Show somebody an air filter that is chewed up and has nothing but mouse feces in it. Well, it makes it pretty easy to sell that filter. It's like, this is the air that you're breathing. So that is definitely one tool that we use a lot when it comes to technician communication with office. How many ASEs do you have? I have a master certified. Good for you. I'm excited for you, Meg. Congrats on getting married and the fact that you're working toward a succession. No doubt you continue to be extremely grounded. Do you participate in your BDG program at all with the Napa Group? Yes, we do. I was one of the loudest voices to get a BDG group started in our area. The, our shop owner is the group president and I am the Vice President, Secretary, Treasurer, Meeting Coordinator. And a girl. <laughs> so for all of our people that are listening, it's Business Development Group. It would be kind of like, if you will, a localized network group under the Napa banner. That's what BDG stands for. But uh, yeah, and you're doing all the coordinating for the group. That's nice. <laughs> yes, it's a lot of fun. We have 12 shops currently in our group and we're in Maine. We're spread out kind of far. It's, I think of it almost as a two-hour distance from our shop further south to our shop furthest north. So, but we have a lot of fun. We meet about once a quarter. We take the summers off. So we'll have two meetings between January and May, and then two meetings between September and December. So we actually have a meeting coming up here in a couple of weeks where our um, parent Napa company, a coastal auto parts is actually taking us all out to dinner at a local restaurant in Belfast. So it's kind of a great big end of the year. Hoorah. What do we have coming up for next year? As far as our group goes, every April, we hold a fundraiser called Autos for Autism, where we raise money for the Maine Autism Institute for Education and Research. So it's something that we're super proud of. Last year, we raised over $10,000 for that organization. Good for you. I noticed that up on your website, too. A lot of community stuff going on with you guys. Meg, this was great. Thank you so much for being here. Kind of an up close and personal with Meg Richards. 
Yes, it's so much fun. Listen, I want to have you back when you consummate the deal, or at least you know that, hey, we're working on this thing. It's going great because I think the stories of internal succession are so important today. And the communications between an individual like you and the owner, they need to be often and solid and you almost need some support and some guidance to make it all work. And it sounds to me that the owner just wants to be able to come in every day after the business is sold and have his little corner of the shop with all of his great tools so he can go and he can do open heart surgery when he has to, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's I'm going to have to honestly drag him from the shop kicking and screaming at the end of the day. <laughs> and tell him that when we do the deal, we're going to call you a technology specialist. Absolutely. I'm 100% on board with, with that name. Meg Richards from BJ's Automotive in Belfast, Maine, the 2022 Napa Technician of the Year. Thanks for being here, Meg. Thank you, Carm. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time. 